the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Facebook and Apple seem to be in the news in 2018 quite a bit. Apple's become the largest public company in the world the old-fashioned way. They charge lots of money for it. Okay, I don't know if that's the old-fashioned way or not. So I'll just refrain from judgment. But it's not surprising to me. CEO Tim Cook, you know, he, he would chafe at times as Facebook grew to the challenge Apple supremacy without charging its users a dime. So Facebook's a big company, not as big as Apple, but it's still a pretty darn big company. It's one of the biggest in the world, right? So Apple gives away something that costs lots of money, because they don't give it away. And their phones have been going up in price since they debuted. Facebook gives away something for free. And there's been a lot of tension in the news recently about Apple and Tim Cook. And uh, they've been trying to distance themselves from Facebook. Say, you know, our data isn't compromised. Like, their data is compromised. Tim Cook's hardly a, a, a rabble-rouser. He'll, he'll partake in some of the rabble, but he's not a rabble-rouser. He accused Facebook of building a business based on the invasion of privacy. Oh, that's kind of fighting words, right? And I, I'm not going to say you disagree with it. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg proved his composure during days and days of getting grilled by Congress. He's a little less patient when it comes to Cook's criticism. He goes, we're not just serving rich people. You need to have something that people can afford. Wow. I will say that, I don't know how you feel about this, but don't you think that sometimes you see people looking at their phones, people looking at their phones, and you go, I wonder if they save for retirement. When you see people at football games decked out in body armor, and they're, they're drunk, and they're rowdy. They're rowdy rabble rousers. Rowdy rabble rousers. Then she sometimes go, I wonder what he's going to do in retirement with that suit of armor. You know, the, the Raiders have some of the most intriguing pregame costumes or game costumes by fans. Do those get thrown in the trash at some point or do you just like retire them into the, the graveyard of Raider folklore? So for now... We're in the world of tech where there's a little bit of a divide going on. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Alphabet. Amazon's getting a lot of negative press because they don't pay their factory workers, their warehouse workers, a ton of money. And there's a lot of robotics. And there's been some examples of people, not examples, there's an undercover reporter who went into Amazon's warehouse and said, you know, some employees reported to me that they peed in cups because they didn't have time to take breaks if they were going to meet their quote-unquote quotas. And it was more like working in jail than at a major tech company. Now, again, it, how, how much do you believe reporters or not? I don't know. I always try to, like, I, I'm not judging your life. I'm letting you judge your life. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, they all have problems right now. 
Facebook's got the data uh, privacy issues. Amazon's got the not paying their employees enough. Apple, will the Apple 10 uh, slice bread or not? The divide's been amplified by the Facebook controversy. Um, that these aren't all the same companies, and we can't broad-based say they, they should all go higher. When your money, when your revenue comes from advertising, it, it, it I'm not going to say it's a two-way street because that's cliche, but it's a lot tougher for Facebook to succeed over time. Um, the margins get better for sure because you're not building expensive stuff and trying to sell it for expensive prices. But it's also not easy to like do that much of a mass appeal to sell into bullet shots of advertising into a mass into the masses without compromising some sort of data, right? So the Tesla has revenue per user of about $37,430. Amazon's revenue per user spends about $596 per year. The average Apple user, $291. We fork over to Netflix, $125. Uh, no, well not, we, yeah, that's the revenue per user. Facebook, they pull in $26 per user. Twitter, 8 bucks. Snap, 7 bucks. Kind of gives you some perspective. No? No? But there's a lot of debate going on, you know, with the free freemium in video games, the free business model in social media. You got to give up something, right? A friend of mine likes to uh, go to Disney. You see snaps and you see... Um, Facebook updates all the time on Disney. That's That information is being sold to every amusement park, every vacation company in the nation because getting you to their... That's tough. Getting someone that they know is going to be spending money is tough. And getting it right. So it's like... I've been approached in the past about advertising on cable. I'm like, well, okay, so for a financial institution, what channels do you want? You probably don't want Comedy Central. <laughs> Unless it's funny financial content, which some question if I am or not, uh, you probably want on the golf channel and you're like, why? Cause that's where a lot of millionaires watch their days because they'll watch the comedy uh, the golf channel and then go golfing that weekend. Uh, game of Kings. I don't know. Isn't that horse racing? That's horse racing. Uh, 800-516-1220. Can you tell I watched uh, little HBO last night? So I'm a little tired, a little tired. It all, it all works, right? Amazon's got a domestic robot project intended as robot butler maid, a la Rosie from the Jetsons. Don't you kind of hope that they codename the project? Instead of doing Vesta, instead of doing Amazon's Lab 126, don't you kind of wish that you codename Rosie the robot? I remember watching that as a kid. So, the Jetsons. Meet George Jetson. This doesn't bring back memories for me. I know, yeah, he was sliding and everything, and he's being pulled out of bed. No, 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 no. So Amazon's making a big push into robots, and uh, it's not a surprise. So Tencent Music Plans IPO. Tencent Music, one of those Chinese internet companies, right, that everyone was so fascinated with. Chinese, China's largest music streaming company is preparing for its biggest IPO. What 
tech company from China do you want to own? Do you want to own Alibaba, which is the Amazon of China? Do you want to own Tencent, which is the Spotify of China? Do you have a care? Do you have a preference? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Money, 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 getting your retirement. That's what the show is all about. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Sign up for an event at Rob Black Show and use code Radio25 to get in for free if you've never been to an event before. Thanks so much. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Calls have died down in the years. Probably the way people have started consuming the media more and more so continues to go towards the phone. And why make a phone call from your phone? Too much of a concept, right? Um, Walmart's going to let you jump the returns line with its app. There's a good example of using the app or using the phone smartly by a retailer. Have you ever bought something and tried to return it only to find the process seems to be against you? I have, and it stinks. Returning items you can buy online in a store is way too often a hassle. Walmart claims to have reinvented the returns drill to make it a little more enjoyable. I think that's a far stretch. What can that stretch look like? Starting next month, the retailer plans to launch an initiative it calls Mobile Express Returns, which lets you use the Walmart mobile app to speed up and simplify returns on products purchased in Walmart stores and walmart.com. In theory, the way it's going to work is you select the item or the items that you want to return, and you follow the prompts inside the app, indicating, for example, reason why you need to send make a return. Later, you go to the store. You'll be able to you know, fast-track the return at customer service by jumping to a special Mobile Express lane set up for that purpose, which is a smart idea, right? The new returns process starts in November for products purchased and shipped online. Um, an associate should be able to, you know, see that you've started the process, see that you've already punched a lot of the data, the reason why, um, hit print and say, good day, here's your refund. So Amazon recently made it easier for customers in Chicago and LA to return eligible items by bringing them to Kohl's stores. So everyone's kind of promising the in process of becoming a client and the out process of returning and coming back again. Uh, so that's out there, right? I find that kind of interesting. Um, how Walmart is going to try to stay relevant and using technology and being shown that, like, hey, even Walmart customers can use technology seems to be barking up the right tree. Now, e-commerce is helping the retailing giant Walmart, as we know, do little things better. Uh, they bought a company called Jet.com a few years ago, and the rising e-commerce player Jet.com is growing revenues faster than Amazon has in years. It offers free two-day shipping on orders over thirty-five dollars. It's got a click-and-pick-up grocery service for Walmart uh, with workers that are ready to load bags in your trunk. Um, so Walmart's doing what they should in theory. They've played, you know, in the sandbox it is the online shopping since two thousand, but when they Put $3.3 billion into Jet.com. It kind of padded Walmart's e-commerce growth, and it's helped them, you know, kind of use the innovator to chat about 
develop strategy about acquisition experiments and you know just other general musings when it comes to shopping. So Walmart has said it can expand e-commerce revenue 20 to 30% organically, even as a lot of those benefits from the Jet.com deal start to fade. I don't know. Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? If you do, you got to buy the stock because it's got a huge discount thrown on it right now because of Amazon. Walmart rang up $486 billion in sales last year. And that's more than double of any other U.S. company. Of that, 64% came from just what are called Walmart U.S. stores, 24% from international stores, and 12% from Sam's Clubs. I have not been in a Sam's Clubs in years and years and years. So it's interesting when you don't know it or when you're not there, you're not there. So does Walmart have some digital age swagger? Uh, part of talking stock is you talking to me. I don't think the company has to break out its e-commerce dollars just for Wall Street any way, shape, or form. So the figure is, you know, tough to get a, a pulse of. Walmart said e-commerce net sales jumped 60% from last year. That compares with overall revenue growth at 2.1%. Again, 60% growth, if you believe these numbers to be true, and if you believe these numbers to be like uh, sustainable on any sort of level, at 17 times next year's earnings and with all the expectations of, you know, what their per share growth could look like over the next five years, the stock could return 15% more easily over the next year. Not a bad return. Now, Scott Galloway's got a book coming out, and uh, he's an NYU professor of marketing, and he does a great job of covering Amazon and Netflix and Google and Apple. But he will talk about Walmart, too, and he brought up their Jet.com deal, and he said basically it was a midlife crisis complete with $3 billion hair plugs, and he thought it was going to be a big write-off. And he goes, I was wrong. Walmart's been able to get its mojo back largely because of the acquisition. Was Jet.com a company worth $3 billion? No, he says. Was it worth $3 billion to Walmart? It looks like it was. That's an interesting way of putting it. I like Scott Calloway. We've played some of his stuff in the past here, and he's got a new book out for oh, the Christmas season, which if you want to make your business hubby, or honey, happy, consider it for a stocking stuffer. Oppenheimer analyst Rupesh Marik, he initiated coverage of Walmart in August with an outperformed. He told Barron's over the weekend that inventory management had gotten better. Produce looks fresher, and money invested in higher pay for workers is paying off in basically rising satisfaction for workers and for customers. So Walmart, for many, many years, was able to grow market share. They'd come into a city, a town, a state. And they would do their thing. Now, they get to the point of saturation where they're only able to grow with kind of like GDP. Population growth, a little GDP. Uh, a little bit of going to the vendors and saying, you know, we want to sell a hammer for... Well, you tell us what you want to sell a hammer for, hammer maker. And hammer maker would say, $5. And they go, ooh, that's interesting because we want to do two for $5. So let's ask the question one more time, hammer maker. How much do you want to sell a hammer for? $2? And then Walmart gets to keep the 50 cents, right? And that's the right answer. Home Depot has traditionally done that as well. Just cutthroat to their vendors saying, look, look, we got a lot of stores that people are going to come in and we'll showcase your wares, but you got to give us the right deal. Hmm. And then Home Depot even gets more offensive through the years where they start coming up with their own brand, HDX. So the whole generic brands, which for the record, generic brands, it's 
that's the way I buy my food and my paper towels within reason. Um, I don't need Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. I don't need the marketing that goes in that. It's like gasoline in the state of California. I don't know what state you're in listening to the show, but all states have different formulas of gas, and it, that's the law. To sell gasoline in that state, you have to have you know certain metrics hit as far as pollution, your, your gas goes, as far as cleanliness goes, as far as um, ethanol goes. So even the horrible, horrible gas stations that do no marketing and advertising like a Rotten Robbie's it's, it's not the same gas as a shell but it's the state requirement and that's the way to go if you're a wise person with your money I'm Rob Black talking all things financial find me online at robblackshow.com don't forget to use the code radio25 to any seminars coming up use radio25 when you sign up like my toast on one side want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Um, I can't say that enough. Or maybe I can say it enough. So... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the areas I want to briefly discuss is California home prices and just some ramifications because there's a big story in the New York Times about this today, the cost of a hot economy in California. And I live in California, and you know, I've been looking at other locations inside of California. But for the same bang for my buck, maybe a warmer climate, maybe warmer sand, something along those lines. Maybe half the year there, half a year here kind of thing. The full-fledged housing crisis has gripped California, where the lack of affordable homes and apartments for middle-class families is severe. The median cost of a home now is a staggering $500,000, which is twice the national cost. Homelessness in the state is surging. In Los Angeles, booming with construction and signs of prosperity, some people have given up on finding a place and have moved into vans with makeshift kitchens, hidden away in quiet neighborhoods. In Silicon Valley, an international symbol of wealth and technology, lines of parked RVs are a daily testimony to the challenges of finding an affordable place to call home. Some employees are living in their parking lots. Um, they're, inside this article, it, it, they quoted a woman who was a nurse. who goes, I make really good money, and it's frustrating that I can't afford to live close to my job. She commutes two hours a day from her home. So I know the feeling, you know. Um, I'm wealthy. I don't feel like I'm living a wealthy lifestyle, but I feel like I'm 15 minutes from the beach, three hours from great skiing, you know, uh, pretty good weather year round. Uh, I feel good. I feel good. As OJ Simpson once said, I feel good. Um, the extreme rise in housing costs has emerged as a threat to the state's future economy and its quality of life. It's pushed the debate over housing to the center of the state and a lot of local politics. Um, neighborhood groups and local elected officials are demanding an end to strict zoning and planning regulations. My city that I loved and fell into charming love with eight years ago is now turning into a s-hole, a rat hole, a rat race. Um, I don't really have friends because they're all working so hard to make ends meet. And, you know, the friends that I have are from outside the area. The extreme rise in housing costs has emerged as a threat to my quality of life. 
So lawmakers in California and Sacramento is where our lawmakers work are considered extraordinary legislation to crack down on communities that have systemically delayed or derailed housing construction proposals, often at the behest of local neighborhood groups. Now, I don't want that construction because I kind of like to having a small town, not even a city, a town. And they just started construction on 200 new units. They just finished construction on about 300 new units right across the street from each other. That's a lot of housing coming in. And they're not changing their plans for high schools or elementary schools or anything like that. They're not changing their plans for roads. They're just getting more people packed in. Uh, Once the city got an in-out burger, it just exploded. And that explosive cost of housing have spread like wildfire around the state. There's no longer a coastal elite housing problem. This is a problem that's in big swaths of the state. It's damaging the economy. It's damaging the environment. People are getting pushed into longer commutes. So California has had this economic boon. The crisis of the price of the state's economic boon is, you know, housing costs. Tax revenue is up. Unemployment's down. The churning economy has run up against 30 years of resistance to the kind of development experts say is urgently needed. So for years and years and years, California just turned its nose and said, no, 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 we don't need to really think about um, adding roads or apartments or a place where our teachers can live. California's always been a desirable place to live, and over the decades, it's gone through some spasms of high housing costs, but that combination of a booming economy and lack of construction have made the, it the worst housing crisis in memory. Housing in L.A., San Francisco, San Jose, and San Diego have jumped 75% over the past five years. So you have one uh, politician sponsoring a bill that says one out of 130 housing measures um, ultimately has been put forward in legislation. 130. And it's going to restrict one of the biggest development tools the community wields, the ability to use zoning, environmental, and procedural laws to thwart projects. So you feel cramped now, it's going to get more cramped. But maybe you flood the market with enough low-cost housing that some people start going, you know what? I don't need 2,500 square feet. I need 1,600. You know what? I don't need 1,600. I need 1,200. So Governor Jerry Brown's going to do something this year, in theory, as far as a broad, you know, broad housing package, trying to intend to encourage the construction of housing for middle and lower income families. So, and a lot of times, you know, that sounds great, but the reality is, is um, low income housing is turning into 400 square foot apartments. Which is fine for some people, but it's really not a solution. This gives developers a great gift and not giving residents and voters a chance to cast their opinions. Um, The worsening housing crisis has created a political environment where prospects for state housing intervention appear more likely than ever. In Prop 13, you'll you'll get some turnover. And when you do, you'll get higher tax revenue. I think we're at a breaking point in California. The doubt created the drought that we had last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before has created opportunities to push forward water policy that would have been impossible before. Now, given the breadth and depth of the housing crisis in a lot of parts of California, it creates opportunities for the legislature that's never existed before. California has had a process that sets a number of housing units, including low income units, that each city should build over the next several years based on projected growth. A friend of mine lived in San Francisco and there was like a 
kind of a small school that was very low profile. You didn't even notice it. They got destroyed and they put five buildings up, one for luxury and four for uh, low income and, you know, uh, kind of charitable housing. It's hard to say exactly what projects are going to get done and what projects aren't, but like Los Gatos, it's a long-running dispute over proposed development for 320 homes in that city. Um, cities regularly make developments smaller than their zoning allows, something that gradually chips away at the future housing production. California is the toughest market in the United States for first-time home buyers, and the cost of housing is beyond the reach of almost everyone. Despite having some of the highest wages in the nation, the state has also the highest adjusted poverty rate. It's a beautiful place, beautiful weather, beautiful people, terrific economy. Um, you got to build a lot to accommodate everyone that wants to be here. Coastal cities have the worst housing problems. They've got the most scarce land. The high cost of all housing is first and foremost that result of a failure to build. Take a look at Santa Barbara, and they, they refuse to build. So the state's added about 311,000 housing units over the past decade, or 75% of what economists say is needed. So a lot of measures, a lot of, of votes, a lot of elections are going to be tied in California to what we're able to pull off and or not pull off with future housing. And, and what does it look like to you? For me, it makes me want to move. Um, it's not that I don't want low-income housing. It's that I don't want more people near me. So if I do, I want more bang for my buck. That's just me, though, right? So 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Bitcoin and ETH, Ethereum, Ethereum, both crashed over the weekend. Bitcoin fell below 2000 for the first time since May 17. It hit a weekend low of 1758 before rallying back to 1900. Bitcoin continues to be plagued by uncertainty stemming from disagreements amongst the currency developers over how best to run the blockchain uh, platform Bitcoin is traded on. A lot of people think Bitcoin's been moving higher this year in large part because of ransomware. Companies don't want to admit they've been hacked, so they pay the ransomware. Typically in Bitcoins is what people want. What the pirates are, mate. Give me Bitcoin, not gold. Give me a woman, not gold. So Disney plans an Epcot makeover. It's a world of laughter, a world of fear. Uh, the big golf ball. Um, you know, the Epcot Center. Uh, roller coaster and a Ratatouille-themed ride are among the new attractions that will be added. Uh, part of Disney's efforts to infuse the 35-year-old future and culture theme park with more of its character brands. They're going to focus on major storytelling and immersive experiences that are planned at other domestic parks in its bid to keep gate turnstiles turning by maximizing fans' familiarity with its movies. This is all part of what came out of D23 Expo in Anaheim this weekend. So they also showed a lot of movies that they're working on. They showed you know a lot of their ideas. Uh, what was missing big time was the... Han Solo movie. We got, we got a little more behind the scenes of The Last Jedi, but it felt like something is really wrong with that Han Solo movie. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 
one of my bosses, incredibly nice person, he hired me 16 years ago into TV. Um, recently moved on in television. Um, probably retired or asked to retire a couple of years too soon. And I was talking to him, I said, I think you should continue working because he always had a goal in mind of how much he wanted to save. And since people might know him, I'm not going to give specifics. Um, but he was the, one of the best people in the industry to do documentaries, kid shows, holiday shows, back roads, fleet week, beta breakers, new year's live. He put my show on 16 years ago when I was working in radio 17 years ago, and basically I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, and CNET, I, I asked the director of CNET, Candy Myers, I said, Candy, if I come and I sell my house and I move to the West Coast, you're not going to go out of business or shut down, are you? And two months after I got here, they shut down. So I kind of did everything I can to stay in radio and television. I kind of did, you know, I went from a national show. I gave up a national show to focus on the Bay Area, and bam, just like that, I was unemployed in financial media. Tough job to get. But Candy referred me to this guy, and it's been a blur. And I remember it was pretty fantastic. He used to tease me and mock me that he was like, you're not going to last two months. And I went to see him the other day, and I said, you know, my life is better because I know you, and, you know, great things have happened to me in my life. And I never went to college to think that I could be in television, and I'm in television. And it's all good, and I'll remember it fondly, even if it ends today. Um, so long story short, I wasn't mentioned in his goodbye. Um, he had a 22 year great run. He said, you know, part of producing TV is figuring out how to do sales in TV. He learned about deadlines. He learned about uncertainties. Very, very sweet. Um, goodbye as far as what he did. And I think that's, um, I see these all too often and, uh, it's just a classy move. But I saw three in the last two weeks of people I've worked with for 15 plus years go. And it just reminds me, like, I'll do a good job as long as I can do a good job. And then at some point in time, I will go. There will be a younger, faster version of me. Um, something I want to bring up ever so quickly while I can. And good luck to Jim in his new pursuits. And I hope I stay in touch with him because he did a lot for me. Um, one of the movies I remember very fondly from high school was the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Um, and there were some great quotes in it, you know, uh, Rodney saying, I think I'm attracted to teachers. Yeah. I took out an English teacher that didn't work out at all. I sent her a love letter. She corrected it. Dun -dun -dun um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, when Thornton Mellon said, girls, this is Lou. Lou, these are girls. You're like, is that actual writing? Um, and at one point in time, he said, the football team in my high school, they were tough. After they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. And I just started thinking fondly of it. You know, when an English teacher asks Rodney Dangerfield, he's like 65 years old and he's going back to college, how would you characterize the great Gatsby? And he goes, uh, uh, it was great. And, uh... I don't think you can make comedies like that anymore. And I don't know why I say that. It just, it feels that way. Um, hey, what's up, little Rodney? Bubbles? Hey, Bubbles, come over here, will you? So, 
It's back to school time. I know. Summer farewell. Alameda County Fair, the best summer ever, is over. Your trips to Legoland because you don't want to go to Disneyland are over. Your drives up and down the California coast are over. Families with children and kids in grades K through 12 spend an average $687 on back-to-school shopping. That's going to be about $14 more than last year's average of 673 College students and their families spend about $969 or $82 more than last year. There's a lot of incentives this time of year. Companies like Amazon, they just had their Prime Day to try to get some transactions going. Now they're going to have their back-to-school sales. Tailors try to cover basically anything that would make a consumer happy. So now is a good time to think about going bargain hunting. Now, don't go bargain hunting to an extreme. My parents did a little bit of that, and it, it, it freaked me out. You know, uh, Most kids went back to school, school with a pair, new pair of Nikes or Adidas or Sauconies. Sauconi, 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 Sauconi. And uh, I, I'd go back with like Kmart Bobos and... Uh, Bobo's make your feet feel fine. Bobo's cost $1.99. And the other kids are going back to school with $29 shoes. I'm like, ooh. So get a browser extension like Honey that helps you find coupons or helps you differentiate cost. Google Shopping does a great job of it. You can always ask for a price match. So if you find something at Target, Best Buy, or Newegg online, print it, bring it. At Staples, you'll get the lower price plus 10%. Uh, pursue student discounts. Uh, a friend of mine was on Spotify at four ninety nine a month, and she's like, "I'm not paying nine ninety nine a month." What am I rich? So she got on a family plan with one of her friends. Apple discount select max up to three hundred dollars in the iPad Pro by twenty bucks. Uh, they throw in a pair of uh, wireless Beats headphones if you're a student. Buy online, pick up in the store. If you order back to school supplies online and pick them up in the store, a lot of retailers give you free shipping or other discounts, um, or they'll send the coupon to you for a future, you know, purchase. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.